Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate you joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. I know y'all have other things that you can be doing, so I appreciate it, grateful for it. For those of y'all that keep coming back, uh, thank you for that. I'm assuming that you're it's something you look forward to, uh, and so appreciate that as well. Not a lot on the homestead. <laughs> if you live out in the country and you have dogs, especially puppies, they manage to find all the bones. And my wife went through the yard recently and picked up a wagon load of bones. I think she was pretty sure that we had a full cow and maybe a partial deer out in the yard that our one-year-old had pulled into the yard. And so she picked them all up and the yard was clean for, I don't know, about a day or two. And she looked outside this morning and goes, what? is that and there is part of a deer leg that our one-year-old has gone out and found and is starting to replace her graveyard in my yard and so at any rate i thought that might entertain you a little bit tell you what they can drive you nuts but animals are quite entertaining Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love and your mercy, your forgiveness of our sins through the merit of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the food that you provide for us to eat, the clothes you provide for us to wear, water to drink, clean air to breathe, for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Help us to follow your commands, to follow the commands of your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to be willing to sacrifice, to pass these blessings on the future generations. To leave them with the benefits that you have bestowed upon us, but to recognize that, that everything comes from you, Father, in your hand. And God, my words here today, Father, please, and each day, in your son's name we pray, amen. All right, we're going to finish up this Liberty of Death speech one way or the other today. I think we're pretty close anyway. In fact, I think we're going to have time to talk about another quote or two from Patrick Henry. I have to go back. I think we talked about this a little bit last time, but this hope of peace and reconciliation, and Patrick Henry says, in vain, after all these things we've tried, all this this these attempts to reconcile with Great Britain, right? 
In vain may we indulge the fond hope of peace and reconciliation. There is no longer any room for hope. If we wish to be free, if we mean not basely to abandon the noble struggle in which we have been so long engaged, and which we have pledged ourselves never to abandon until the glorious object of our contest shall be obtained, we must fight. I repeat it, sir, we must fight. An appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left us. Folks, we've been trying a lot of different ways to wake people up about abortion, which is just murdering children, about feminism and pretending that men and women are the same, which has led to the dismantling and destruction of families, marriages before that, the lives of men and women. You hear so often today, all these different clips in different places, how many of these women are looking up, right, that are in their 40s or 50s, and they have this great job, and they have all this money, and they have no husband, and they have no children, and they're alone in this house. That's really nice, but they're alone. And some of them get that opportunity to at least be married, even at that point in life, right? Which is a great blessing. But how many, how much heartache is caused, has been caused by us going along with this pretense, this charade that men and women are the same. You look at critical race theory, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, whatever it is. I mean, look at the, the pilot, right? The example out of United over the last couple months about how they're going to guarantee that a certain percentage of their pilots are going to be females or minorities. Who cares? In fact, you're endangering lives. You're so racist and so bigoted that you're endangering lives because of your racism and bigotry. Because you want to look at skin color. And how, how little opinion of yourself, how little value of yourself do you have to have to take a job and be proud to take a job that you know that you've gotten because of your skin color and not your merit. And, and I really didn't mean to go down this path, folks, but the fact that you have women who claim that they're wanting to defend their country, but they're willing to take slots in our military academies and in our military even more so, you could add police and firefighters too, from men who are just as good mentally, just as tough mentally, just as tough in that psychological area, and also tougher 
and stronger and faster physically. Because if you think for a second that you've got some women out there and there's no men that can match them mentally in those fields, you're not being honest. And so what we've done is we've taken a certain number of positions, a certain quota in our police, in our law enforcement in general, in our firefighters, in our military, and we said, we're going to set these aside for people who aren't the best possible candidates for those positions. And, and the real irony here is that those people aren't even beginning to look at what those best positions for women are. I've talked about this on the podcast. It's been a while. But there were certain situations when we were overseas where we needed a female interpreter. We needed a female to go into these villages with us to try and get information out of the local population because the females would talk to them and wouldn't talk to us as men. So you want to talk about human intel, right? There's a great place where you need a woman right there. Bam. There's a strength. There's a position. But we don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. We want to pretend in this fairy land, just like you're talking about with the United Airlines pilots right now, that just because we want it to be so, it is, right? Just because we want to be, I'm a man, but I want to be a woman. So I'm going to completely ignore biology. I just saw, <laughs> interestingly enough, a woman talking about this at a conference going, look, you've, you've either got two X chromosomes or an X and a Y chromosome in all your cells. You're that way from conception, from the very first cell when God started to make you in the womb of your mother. You're that way. You can't change it. And so you look at all these things. I know I got sidetracked a little there, folks, but you look at abortion, you look at feminism, you look at LGBTQ lifestyles, you look at illegal immigration, critical race theory, all of these things, and yet we still think that there's some kind of hope for reconciliation and peace, coexistence. It's a vain hope, folks. It's a vain hope. And then he goes on to say, you know, when are we going to be stronger than we are right now? Are we building up strength right now? Are we getting stronger or weaker? You can make the argument today that, that there's a lot of people that are coming around that maybe we are getting a little stronger. That's a pretty big gamble, though, folks. Is it going to be next week, next year? When we're totally disarmed? You know, they're, they're pushing that in a lot of places still. This shooting that happened at the Kansas City at the little parade, right? You think that's not going to be used to push again to take weapons away from law-abiding citizens by people who have no concept of the Second Amendment and the intent of it, or they know exactly what the intent of the Second Amendment was and they don't like it, which is worse. What, is, what does he say here? We're getting down to the last two paragraphs. Sir, we are not weak if we make proper use of those means which the God of nature hath placed in our power. The millions of people armed in the holy cause of liberty 
and in such a country as that which we possess are invincible by any force our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destiny of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave. It goes back to God. Every time, folks, every single time it goes back to God. And that's the problem is we've been trying to do this. A lot of us who, who see the issues and we're trying to help turn the country around, we've been trying to do this on our own. You go back to Lincoln's quote about in the, in the vanity or the arrogance of our hearts, we, we think that we, we don't need God. We've done this on our own. We've done some of it on our own. We've done the evil part on our own. We've done real good at that. But if you don't put God back at the center, nothing we do is going to matter in the long term. We might have some short-term gains. We elect one or two really decent politicians, if you say so. Uh, we, we might have some short-term gains, but they'll just be short-term. It's like education. You know, there, <clears throat> there's some legitimate factors that you can improve. The student-to-teacher ratio in most of our public schools, that would be a huge one. Uh, shortening drastically the length of the school day and the length of the school year, that would be a pretty huge one. Both of those would make some pretty monumental uh, effects in, in the quality of our education. And there's others that you could talk about, but they'd just be short-term if you don't put God back in the center. And you see Patrick Henry here at the founding of our nation talking about, hey, God, we're not going to fight alone. There's a just God who presides over the destiny of nations. We forget that too often, folks. God's merciful, but he's also just. If he wasn't just, there would be no need for mercy. Why do you need mercy if there's no justice? Because it doesn't matter what you do. Do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. Thomas Jefferson. I tremble for my country because I know that God is just and his justice cannot sleep forever. Besides, sir, we have no election. If we were base enough to desire it, it is now too late to retire from the contest. There is no retreat but in submission and slavery. Our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable, and let it come. I repeat it, sir. Let it come. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace. But there is no peace. The war is actually begun. <laughs> if I was in an old-timey church right now, I would expect that there would be a lot of amens out in the crowd. Folks, the choices before us are slavery and submission on the one hand, like Patrick Henry talks about here, or a fight, most likely on the other hand. There's a third window of some kind of miraculous changing of hearts and minds by God. And Lord, wouldn't that be wonderful? 
that's 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 the main option uh, and anything's possible with God it could happen I hope it does but barring that you got two doors left one is a fight where you say no this is you know we're not going to pretend and you see a little bit perhaps um, of some of these these parents in the schools saying no you're not going to allow a boy to pretend to go use the girls' locker room. Uh, and you see it perhaps a little bit in abortion where some of these states are saying, no, absolutely not. You don't get to murder a child just because you made poor decisions or you, or you any reason. You don't get to murder the child just because you want to, because they're an inconvenience, Right. I know there's some other examples, you know, you talk about rape, etc., folks, so I'm not getting into the weeds on that today. Uh, you see it in the border down at Texas with the governors starting to kind of look at the federal government and go, okay, if you're not going to do your job, then we will. And the government says, no, you can't do that. And they said, well, that's too bad. Uh, that, that's really a great point, folks. My father and I have talked about this frequently. You know, if we... In these states, if the governors and the attorney general looked at separation of church and state and said, nope, we're done. We're not, we're not going along with that. We were absolutely founded on a Christian nation. There's a mountain of evidence. We're going to put God back in our schools as the center of our schools. We're going to put God back in our policy at the center of our policies. Uh, we're going to completely shut down illegal immigration. All the immigrants we catch are going to be deported back to their country of origin. Uh, doesn't matter a family status, doesn't matter how long they've been in here. That's what we're going to do. Uh, abortion is absolutely outlawed now. If you're complicit, involved in abortion, you're going to be tried exactly the same way as somebody that murdered a one-month-old baby. Uh, nope, we, we don't have quotas for women in our police and our state guards, our law enforcement, our firefighters. It's simply based on merit. Uh, we're going to get the brightest, toughest, strongest, fastest people we can in those positions, right? Critical race theory, DEI, nope, no place. Absolutely shut that down. There will be no quotas in our state for private businesses or public uh, positions based on race or ethnicity or class at all. You know, what are they going to do? Are they going to come in and arrest that governor of that state? Are they going to come in and arrest that AG? Well, that would be one way to start a fight, for sure. That would be one way. The only way that that would work, folks, is if we didn't stand by our leaders when they made those right decisions. Uh, and, and the war has actually begun. Folks, we're already in it. You may not like that idea. Uh, it's definitely cold civil war right now, but we've been in it, folks. We are in a war for the soul of our nation, for the future of our nation, for our country, for our grandchildren. And it may be too late. God may say, you know what, America, you had your moment in the sunshine. You messed it up, and we're going to move on. And as heartbreaking as that is, that's okay. God's in control. We'll roll with that. Just like the Israelites who trusted in God rolled with the exile. They didn't like it. They hated it. But they trusted God. They did what he told them to do. You know, so we'll roll with it as Christians. Whatever you got, God. Because you know better than we do. And Lord knows we, we've pushed. We've pushed. And then the very end, 
The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it the gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear, or peace so sweet, as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty, or give me death. Always reminds me of Joshua. Choose who you'll serve, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. God bless y'all. God bless your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.